welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker and I are continuing our list of team windows, whether or not you think your team is a Stanley Cup contender, just a playoff contender, or full-on rebuilding. Uh, you can go back and you can listen to our first episode where we go through teams 31 to 25 on our list. Uh, that's our previous episode. Uh, Justin has the list. I am picking it apart. And I have my own categories. And so uh, we will continue with team number 24, the last team that we just got done doing. Justin had the San Jose Sharks ranked at 25. Uh, I vehemently disagreed. I put them probably somewhere more like 16 or 15. So it's quite quite a, uh, quite a difference there, uh, which is what we like. Yeah, absolutely. We like some good disagreement. Uh, but let's continue on. Number 24, Probably a team that is uh, still rebuilding. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say still rebuilding. Hopefully, hopefully you're not about to put the Boston Bruins <laughs> at 24 or something. Although their window is, I think, shrinking God, a little bit. Stop. But uh, uh, no, 24 for me, uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, because I think their window is closing super quick. Um, they've got, you know, when you look at the back end, right? I mean, they're, they're big guys back there. You know, Duncan Keith, Brett Seabrook, they're on their way out. Um, you know, Seabrook's basically ineffective at this point. I mean, let's just be honest, call it what it is. Um, they do have, you know, a nice prospect in Anna Boquist. Um, you know, Connor Murphy, I I thought maybe he could be like the next number two guy to play alongside Duncan Keith, but that didn't really pan out. Um, and as long as you got Patrick Kane, you, you'll always have a chance, I think, at being a potential playoff team, which is why I think this team's window is very, very small and why I think this team is going to take a little bit longer to rebuild than most other teams because I think as long as Taves and Kane are there... Well, you've got Debrinkit. Right. You know. And you do have nice complementary pieces around them. While it's not enough to get them over the hump to compete, I think that it's just going to keep Stan Bowman from saying, okay, we need to rebuild, right? I think that's just going to keep him hesitant because he does... I think it's like the Red Wings were, what, five, six years ago when they made the playoffs three years in a row with Dadzuk and Zetterberg still there aging out, but they thought, okay, we if we just... If we go out and get like one guy in the offseason, sign him to a, you know, overpay for him, or if we make one little trade here, we can, we can beat Tampa in the first round, which never happened. So, you know, I think that's where Chicago is at this point, where they're going to be just middling in terms of, are we making the playoffs? Are we going to hit rebuild? So. Yeah, I mean, there, there also is the the fact that you know, you've got Dylan Strom, you've got Adam Boakvist, a Debrinket, you have uh, Kirby Doc, who they took third overall. Yeah, I, I really like him, and I think he's going to turn out to be a really nice, you know, potential number two, number one B type center guy. Yeah, I mean, he, he hasn't put up big numbers this year. He's got 11 points in 42 games, but... It's fine, you know. I, I think he's probably rushed. I do too, to the NHL, absolutely. but at this point, one like there's really not much pressure in terms of like, oh, we have to make the playoffs this year. I think everyone knew they'd miss the playoffs. Uh, they are just beginning a rebuild to me, uh, but I can see this team, you know, depending on where they end up finishing in the standings. Again, they'll probably end up with something around the tenth overall pick give or take. Uh, that's probably not a player who's coming and playing for you next year. But is this team, this is a team that I could see making the playoffs next year? Sure. Like they could, they could do something. I mean, they are a team that players want to go play there. Chicago is a good city to go and play in and live in. Uh, I, I think that as 
we move towards uh, as we move towards the end of some of these bigger contracts that have been signed, I think there's a chance that you know you could see like right now Brent Seabrook on long term injury, maybe he just stays there. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just it seems like there's there may be some relief coming in the future. At least they've got you know they have eight million dollars and and uh, cap space for next year without an increase in the cap at all, uh, which we know there will be some, probably three or four million in the in the cap. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with with Seattle coming into the league and, and all that too. Uh, then the following year, I mean, you're looking at 22 million. So uh, they're, they're about to get some relief. Like some of these bigger contracts are going to be coming off the books soon. And uh, I, I think that Chicago, as long as you're right, as long as Kane is there and the young pieces that they've already been able to bring in, they've essentially like kind of done a, a little bit of a rebuild without having to, without feeling like they're horrible. Right. That's like a good they, way to put they it. They aren't awful. They just aren't good enough to make the playoffs. They just don't have the depth. Like Patrick Kane just can't do everything. I know, right? But I mean, they just <laughs> had a third overall pick last year, fortunately for them. Yeah, and um, they could win the lottery again this year. Unfortunately for the Red Wings. I know, right? <laughs> Red Wings two years in a row at number six. One of the worst teams in the league. Just <laughs> yep. how? At least you're not the Ottawa Senators and didn't have a, a pick at all. I know, so. right? That's brutal. Um, okay, yeah. So the Blackhawks, I guess they're a team. I would say they're out of any of the rebuilder teams that I have, they're the biggest wild card because I could see in one year they could go from being bad to the right things happen. They sign the right guys. They draft the right guys. And suddenly this team looks like they could contend for a top spot in the central. I think they have the shortest window based on, or the shortest amount of time to rebuild based on the players that they already have. So, all right. Good deal. Well, uh, next on my list at 23, a team that has one guy who I think can either put them in the playoffs or put them at the bottom of the league, and that is the Montreal Canadiens. Okay, Montreal. Yeah, now I will say the the nice thing for them is, yes, they do have Carey Price. However, he hasn't looked Carey Price-esque that much over the last three seasons. Last year he did show... Last year he was fine. Yeah, he was okay, but you know this year not, not so good. I, I haven't been thoroughly impressed with him. I mean, he's he's floating at a 909 save percentage right now. Um you know, but they do have some nice prospects coming up. Their farm system looks pretty decent. I like uh, Carl Alsner in the farm system. <laughs> right. Uh, Cole Caulfield. I really like this this guy that they got last year who fell all the way to the middle of the draft at 15th overall and who was the, the best goal scorer, in my opinion, in the entire draft. So they got lucky with that. You know, Kokinyemi, he looks like he could potentially be a pretty decent you know, center, whether yeah, he's going to be six forward. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, what kind of center you're going to get out of him? Who knows? But um, Noah and Nick Suzuki, Nick Suzuki, yeah. Noel Jolson, they have some nice young pieces, right? But the problem is, you know, Ilya Kovalchuk, nice young piece. <laughs> who's been like the best player in the last seven games. He's at a point per game pace. It cracks me up. <laughs> but I, I mean, so this is, this is the team that, you know, to me, they need to accept a rebuild at this point and say, okay, we've got these really, really nice young pieces that we've acquired in the draft over the last couple seasons. Let's just call it what it is, say we're rebuilding, and then just go for it, right? But instead, they're because they've got, age, got aging guys like Carey Price and Shea Weber, I, I don't think they're ready to accept that, and I think they're trying to compete every year where maybe... 
maybe they shouldn't, right? And just call it what it is. Yeah, they've got 16 million in cap space next year. Probably more like 20 when all is said and done. And, right. And really, that's losing. Uh, now you have to re-sign Max Domi. Max Domi's probably going to get seven million. He'll uh, be up there for sure. Absolutely. He he has been he has been benched. Uh, yeah, no, maybe maybe he's more like a six six and a half. But but still, you you've got to. I mean, he's going to get a raise. There's no doubt about it. Um, and but then, everyone else coming off like Adele Weiss, Nate Thompson, you know, Marco Scandella, all those guys. Are, those guys are gone. Yeah. But then the problem is, is you know, the year after that, now you've got to start re-signing guys like Coca Niemi. And I mean, what are you going to, you know, give him? And so, um, you know, you've got to think, I guess, long term with this. And, you know, Brandon Gallagher, to me, he's he's a heart and soul type guy who if Shea Weber wasn't there, he would be the captain of this team. You know, what do you do with him? He's saying that he makes three point seven. I know the the best bargain in the NHL. And so what are you going to do with that guy? Because, I mean, honestly, if you're Brandon Gallagher, yeah, Montreal's a nice spot and you're well respected and well liked. But. You're not competing for a Stanley Cup in the next few seasons, so do you go somewhere else because you're sure. a UFA? Sure. Or do they throw a lot of money at him and give him $9 million and he stays there? $9 million. He's like probably a 60-point guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah, Absolutely. He, he, I mean, he could probably, on the open market, you're looking at... Like, he could get Kevin Hayes money. $7 million. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Seven and seven. He's not a bad. center, though. But. No, not a center, but I would still give him seven and seven just because of all the intangibles, too, he brings. I, I have Buffalo as my... Most bubble team of between playoff contender okay. and rebuilder. Uh, I don't think that they can be considered a rebuilder as long as they have Carey Price. Although, as I say that, I realize that I do have one other team left in my rebuilder list, and uh, that team has probably the other best goaltender from the last fifteen years. So you can we'll figure out who that is real quick. Mm. Uh, it's it's hard it's but you you go combination of Carey Price plus Shea Weber, and then you know you've got Brandon Gallagher. You you do have some nice pieces. I don't think this team's rebuilding. I don't know if they're ever going to go into like full on. Let's try and get the first overall pick kind of rebuild. I don't think the city will ever let them. I don't think Montreal ever wants that. I don't think that they need to. Although I mean, look at that's what everybody said about Toronto, and when they finally did it, people were like, "Yes, I've been waiting for them to do this." Like we just needed to be bad for a minute and like kind of restart. But I don't know if they're in a position to where they need to hit the reset button because they've been able to acquire some nice pieces in, in other deals. I think they're going to miss the playoffs here. They've, they, they got to start hitting on some of these, uh, some of these first round picks. You're right. Let's see what, uh, what this last year's first round pick ends up being. Uh, I know he was, touted as being this fantastic goal scorer, Cole Caulfield. Uh, let's see how that plays out in the NHL. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's really the key is they've got to start hitting on some of these first round picks and, uh, and they need to be better than just a guy that you bring up and they end up playing in your top bottom six. All right. Okay. So there's, there's Montreal. Uh, yeah. let's, with number 20, 22. Two. Okay. Yeah. I have the Buffalo Sabres. Okay. At 22. All right. Um, I think, you know, the one thing that puts them they're they're another team like Montreal where they're, you know, they're, they're at that point where they just need to say, okay, we need to go rebuild again, or we can potentially make the playoffs. Right. They've got everyone's a, a free agent. I know. I was going to say, they year. don't have a ton of contracts that are long-term outside of, you know, Kyle Posa, which I bet they wish they could just get rid of him now. But, um, you know, as long as they have Jack Eichel, as long as they have Rasmus Dahlin, I think they're fine. They're, they're, you can figure out everything else around those two guys for sure. And so you can find a way for this team to compete every single year as long as you have those two guys. 
Um, much, and, I mean, and having a, like a wrist to line in now isn't so bad when right. you have him, when you, when you actually have a number one defenseman in, in Darlene, uh, they have Yoki Haru who looks like he, he should be okay. Uh, and acquiring Colin Miller was a nice, a nice move. Like they have some good pieces. It's just from the forward position. It's, it's been all Jack Eichel. I mean, they've scored 144 goals. Uh, it's just, not going to get the job done when all is said and done. Out of all the playoff teams, only one of them, and that's the Islanders who play insane defense uh, in the Eastern Conference, has scored less goals than them. And I guess Columbus, too. Yeah, and I mean, having uh, Jeff Skinner on IR doesn't help much with that. You know, I, he's a guy that does worry me a little bit, right, in terms of long-term because, you know, he hasn't looked like himself, but maybe that was part of the injury. Right there. Uh, Victor Olofsson, he looks like he could be a pretty nice, you know, complimentary top six winger to have on this team. I mean, he for yeah. sure can score on the power play because that's how he scored his like first 25 goals yep. this season. Yep. So um, I, did, I just I think this team is is about to have a big facelift, though. I mean, you're you're going Froelich, Shiri, Vesey, Gergensen's, Larson and Scott Wilson, all UFAs on the forward side. And uh, there goes, you know, probably four of four or five year forwards. I my guess is that Connor Sheary doesn't resign in Buffalo. He That's, hasn't no. been a great fit. Um, VC, there's no doubt that he's going to leave. No doubt because of the way that he came into the league. He's going to he's looking forward to being able to like go where he wants to go. Yeah, I agree, and I think too, um, you know, they they've got a lot of cap money, right? I think they've got. Close to 30, 30, 30 million. million. Yeah, probably. So probably like 36. Sure. And I mean, granted, you do have to give Sam Reinhardt some money. Um, but again, you know, he's making three-ish million dollars now. So I don't really see that going more than, you know, six, seven million dollars to get him re-signed. Um, maybe a touch more, but. Yeah, probably by the end of the year, he'll have 70 points. So. Yeah, but again. 70 point guy, you're looking at seven seven to seven and a half yeah. million probably okay you give them seven and seven or whatever but regardless i they still got lots of money they can go out and spend so maybe you go out and like you go get a kevin Shattenkirk who's looked pretty good in in tampa bay or maybe you go out um you know sign a guy like oh i don't know um you know evgeny dandanoff maybe he doesn't re-sign in florida now you got a guy who can be a, a decent second line winger to score some, you know, give you some complimentary scoring as long as you don't give him a ton of term. But right, as long again, as you got a guy like Jack Eichel, people are going to right. at least consider coming if they're high. I mean, that's why Jeff Skinner signed there, exactly, knowing yeah. he was going to. Uh, it doesn't help that he's been hurt. Uh, that has certainly killed the Buffalo Sabers. They just don't have. They don't have any secondary scoring. Right. Uh, so yeah, they're they're middling, and they've been middling. Uh, I have them forever chasing a playoff spot. That's Forever where I have chasing playoffs. Well, the last time they made the playoffs, what, 2010 or something like that? Gosh, Ryan Miller era. Yes. Uh, yeah, the Sabres are just just no good. They haven't made the playoffs since Lindy Ruff was their coach. Lind- yeah, good call. Uh, okay, let's go number 21. Yeah, 21 for me, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Okay. Yeah, this one this one was a hard one to, to rank them because they're a team that consistently competes for the playoff spots. And you know each year when they get in with the way Torts coaches and the what they have on the back end, they can potentially be an upsetter, right? We saw it last year with Tampa Bay. Uh, now, granted, they don't have Panarin. They don't have the scoring up front. And I think that is probably why I rank them a little bit lower because, you know, 
they they maybe need to go out and get a few pieces. Their window's a little bit smaller um, because one, I I I'm not sure I I trust their goaltending. Corpusalo is fine. Um, yeah, I mean, long terms are long term. They're going to need to go find someone. Yeah, right. But but you know, you've got Warinsky, you've got Seth Jones, you've got you know. David Savard, uh, Ryan Murray on the back. I don't know if they're going to keep him long-term or if they're going to deal him or what's going to happen with that. But you've got pieces back there, right? You've got guys you can hang on to and play good defense, solid minutes for you. Don't really have to worry. And makes it a little bit easier when you do have mediocre goaltending, right? So now you don't have Bobrovsky in there to steal games for you anymore. And now you maybe rely a little bit more on scoring up front. So that's where my biggest concern is and why I have them down at 21. thing is they, their defense has still been great. I yeah. mean, other than the only team better than them in the Eastern Conference is the Islanders in terms of goals against. So they, they have been good defensively. It's just the problem is they also can't score it. They have the least amount of goals out of any team in the playoffs outside of the Dallas Stars are the only team who has scored uh, less goals, two fewer goals, but the Stars have also allowed uh, 13 fewer goals too. So that's, nice. there's the difference. Uh, and that is the there's the goaltending. The Stars have two number one goalies, and Columbus has none. Right. And, well, that's <laughs> the thing too. You look at the. I think it was the other day I was listening to NHL radio, and they they were talking about the top five teams in the NHL in terms of goals against per game. All five of them had one A's and one B's. Right. You look at Boston with Halak and Rask, Dallas. Uh, I mean, all these teams that were so good with. You know, and Pittsburgh, for instance, they're another example, yeah. right? They've got they've got Tristan Jari and Matt Murray. They, all these teams that are successful have Arizona pairings. Yeah, yeah. they they've got really good pairings in goal, and I think now Toronto. Be, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pairings in goal. Yeah, uh, we're going to see Anderson play every game for the rest yes, of the season. The Leafs have given up by far the most goals of out of any playoff team. So yeah, um, luckily for them, they're a little higher on my list than Columbus. So <laughs> I would hope so. Uh, I there there is one team that we haven't gotten to yet that I had in my rebuilding spot. So yeah. we're we're rolling through my my playoff contender. I have I have Columbus as a playoff contender, uh, and uh, I see. I just think that they are ultimately because of their defense, because of like Wierenski and Jones and Savard and Nudivara and uh, when Murray's healthy, Ryan Murray, uh, that they they have a really nice top four, and that top four. And their system with Tortorella is making them be able to be contenders. On top of the fact that, hey, Pierre Mar- Pierre-Luc Dubois is turning out to be a a Ryan Johansson type. <laughs> I, I almost feel bad that I uh, that I use his name as my like, yeah, you're like the 28th best first line center in the league. Like that kind of guy. Like, right. Dubois is probably not going to be your top 10 center in the league. But can he be a good one, a part of a good one-two punch? If you find, you know, you find yourself with other center, like a, you know, guys that can that can push the needle the other way. Yeah, he can be he can be a serviceable and uh, above average type of type of center in that top six. Uh, but ultimately, I look at this team and I go, well, you know, Cam Cam Atkinson, he's thirty years old. Nyquist, he's thirty. Felino, he's thirty-two. Riley Nash is 30. Like a lot of their forwards are on the other side of 30. And that ultimately isn't going to be, be good for them. Uh, I mean, even like a Dubinsky, he's 33, still got another year left on his deal after this year. 
this team is probably going to, they are a lot like the Minnesota wild. Ironically, they come in at the same time. They're a lot like the Minnesota wild where, but they look like the Minnesota wild, like five years ago. Okay. Where you're like, okay, yeah, they have some really nice pieces. They've got a good defense core. They, they have some forwards that can push the needle, but are they ever going to win a cup? Hell no. (laughs) Right. This team is not going to win the cup. I would never put money on it for sure. Yeah. No, they're not going to win the cup. I mean, yeah, any team can get lucky, I suppose, but, uh, when you look at the last 15 years, what team got lucky in the last 15 years? The St. Louis Blues. And even then, at the beginning of the year, they were Stanley Cup contenders. They just happened to get lucky in terms of the amount of games they won. Just rebounding. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, you look at the rest of them, you go like, well, the year Boston won, they're, they're one of the one-offs. Like any team that won the Cup two times, they obviously didn't just get lucky. Right. So Chicago, Pittsburgh, L.A., they didn't just get lucky. They were they were doing it the right way. Uh, I mean, Anaheim's a one-off, but their team had... They were still a contender every Hall year. Hall of Fame defensemen. And right. <laughs> they basically added Chris Pronger, and that was the, the boost they needed. But Columbus isn't... That's the other side of it, is that Columbus really isn't probably going to add heavy superstars to their lineup because who wants to live in Columbus, Ohio? Nobody. Like it's, <laughs> it's not a bad place to live. I mean, I'd say that it's pretty comparable to living in like a, in Metro Detroit. They're pretty sim- Like it's pretty similar. You're kind of off the beaten path a little bit. You're actually more off the beaten path in Detroit than you are in Columbus. Yeah, I was going to say, but it's not really, a, it's not close to water. It's not close to, very many cool things. A lot like, of farms outside of Columbus. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So to me, it's it's a place where guys happily go and they, they live. Like a lot of guys, I think, who retire, they actually stay in Columbus because it's a great place to live. People like living there. But they like living there because of their family. It's a good place to raise kids. That's not what a 26-year-old UFA is thinking or a 27-year-old UFA usually. Right. You usually want these guys don't have and, ki- Yes. Yes. Yeah. You want the excitement, right? For sure. Or you want to be close to the water. Right. So it's just the the location isn't as desirable. Therefore, they're probably not going to reel in heavy UFAs. So now you're relying on their drafts and, you know, they they just haven't. Well, they gave up all their draft picks. (laughs) I was going to say they lost them all last year. Now they do have a first, but they have no second and third this year. Yeah, which makes it tougher because now you you've got to be really really good in those latter rounds and no second next year, right? So it's it's going to be a matter and there's there's really not a lot of like oh yeah we could move that guy because they're not trying to move players so you're not bringing in picks for guys. Uh, so to me, I think they're a team they're going to compete for the playoffs for the next several years, but they're not going to be Stanley Cup contenders. And eventually, you know, maybe they they hit on some draft picks and they they're able to turn around or they don't and then they fall into that rebuild spot, but. Okay. It's where I'd have the Blue Jackets. Fair enough. All right. Well, number 20 for me, uh, probably the last team on your rebuild. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but to me, I love the pieces they have. And I think like within two years, their window is going to be ginormous. And that's the New York Rangers. Um, they have so many good pieces, in my opinion. Uh, they've got a potential just like Nashville-esque type, you know, you've got a one, two, three, four punch that's just phenomenal with Jacob Truba, Brady Shea, uh, Anthony D'Angelo, Adam Fox. These guys could just be superstars. All of them could, you know, you could potentially say that at one point they could be contenders for Norris, a couple of these guys down the road. Um, 
And then you look up front. I mean, you've got already a guy who drives a line in Panarin um, who's just blowing out New York Ranger team records with his production this year, the way he's he's putting up points. Capo uh, Caco, I think, in a couple years is just going to be in his prime and he's just going to be a stud on the wing. Uh, now, the one thing they are missing is a, is a center, right? They've got Zabinajad, who's a fine center. He's maybe not your ideal number one center, but he's still a, a very productive, very, very quality type center now. And then you look at the back end two and goal, and they've got, you know, the King, Henner Lundquist, of course, but then you still have two really, really good prospects in uh, Shirt Turkins, Igor, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name, and then Gorgiev. is Shesterkin. Yeah. Both these guys are fantastic, and they're even talking about moving, you know, Alexander Gorgiev because of how good, you know, Igor's been playing, and you know, they think this kid's the future in their net anyway. So um, either way, if you stick with, you know, either one of those two guys to play alongside Henry Lundquist for a few more years, you, they're sure. going to learn a lot. Sure. You're in a good position. They're going to be in a position to contend every year. They are one. They are like one of two rebuilding teams that actually have goaltending depth. Right. Like who are the, the other ones were New Jersey, Ottawa, Detroit. Yeah. Yeah, the the other one with the depth with was Anaheim with a good oh, goaltender. Yeah, already. absolutely. Like they were really only other one. I mean, when you look at Detroit, you're like, Ugh. Ottawa, they've got nothing coming. Right. New Jersey's got nothing really coming. Mackenzie Blackwood, maybe, uh, who is good enough to uh, keep you rebuilding for a while. I guess. Right. <laughs> L.A. Kings, they do have some names, but and and maybe maybe their their goaltending isn't as bad as. It actually looks just the team in front of them so bad. Sure. That, that's a possibility. Uh, but really, I think it's Anaheim and New York yeah. are the teams with the, the goaltending future. The Rangers have three potential starters on their, their roster right now. Yeah. And and Georgiev kind of came out of nowhere last year. Yeah. And uh, I, th- I think they always knew that Shesterkin was the guy who was going to come in. and That probably, was the plan. He's the, like, he was the guy outside right. of the NHL right. that was looked at as like the next big thing. Right. Uh, but yeah, Gorgiev a year younger than him. And I know that there's been, I I mean, we know the Leafs have talked to them about bringing Gorgiev in. Uh, I don't know what the price tag for a guy it, like it'll that It'll be a first be. round pick. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think they're going to want a roster player. Maybe they want a prospect, right? Maybe they want a decent center prospect, some guy who could potentially be a number two type center. So you have, you know, this two, I just a, don't two think B. that anyone's given that up for a goaltender. Depends how desperate you are, I guess, right? I really don't. I, I can't think of a team in the league that would give up a, a, a forward prospect that they thought was going to be a surefire top six forward for the goaltender. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. I mean, maybe a winger, but uh, you could look at maybe a team like Carolina, right, who in a couple years, you know, are you going to be still holding on to Reimer? And well, I'm, I'm thinking it, like but. if you're if you're in New York, would you take Casperi uh, Kapanen for Gorgiev? Like to me, yeah, he's the, he's the guy. Yeah, he, maybe Kapanen, out of anyone on the Leafs, Kapanen's the one guy that I think you look at and you go, okay, there's there's not really a place for you. Like I think that he probably could be a top six forward. He's definitely a top nine forward. He could probably be a top six forward, but when you look at the rest of the guys in that lineup, he for the most part doesn't fit, and so he'd be the, probably the easiest person to shed. Because of the other guys coming up on the Leafs. Anyways, this is we won't <laughs> we won't get snowball. into that. But, uh, I think that Kapanen for Gorgiev because Kapanen could easily slot in. He's he's shown that he can uh, he can be a nice compliment. I don't think you'd play him with Panarin. 
but I think that you could play him down. You could play him with like a, a Ryan Strom. You could play him on the uh, on the other side of Chris Kreider. You just have that crazy speed line. I think that it would be a good fit uh, with the New York Rangers. So especially, you know, maybe you play him alongside Brett Howden. And you just give him that speedy winger to feed the puck to. So. Yeah. And there's maybe another part of your rebuild too. You can help you know, bring that playoff contention here even quicker. You deal Kreider for maybe a, a first rounder sure. or something else, but or you resign him because this guy is he's a freak, right? Super tall, super. Yeah. He's got speed. He's got I, physicality. I'd, I'd resign so, Chris Kreider because yeah. I think at this point you're you're sort of looking at this like, all right, we don't need to finish last place in the league anymore. We've kind of got our got our uh, our team here. I, I know Elias Anderson. Things are kind of weird with him, but right. Uh, yeah, you, you definitely are in a in a good position. And I mean this year you're probably you're not gonna you know, the chances are you're not gonna win the lottery or anything, but you're probably gonna end up with a somewhere around the tenth pick, which you can you know, you can stock the cupboards with stuff like that. Or you could trade that pick and you could acquire something else that you need. So there there's lots of possibilities for the Rangers. I have them as my shortest window to the playoffs. I think they could make the playoffs as soon as next year. I see that, yeah. Uh, and then I have them probably another four to five years before they're Stanley Cup contenders. I'd say four, three, maybe three years. Like if they can really, like some of these studs, if if they hit on everyone that they picked, uh, I could see, you know, based on where I see the rest of the Metropolitan Division uh, and the aging tops of that division, I think there is a chance that they could contend again. Uh, but it probably more likely to be three or four years down the road before they have a legitimate like, okay, this team could win the Stanley Cup on I like an outside chance. I okay. don't think that they're like in three years they're going to win the cup. Just they maybe would have an outside chance of of being one of the top teams in that division and then you never know. So I like it. Okay. Uh let's go number nineteen. I nineteen. Believe. Yeah. Uh for me that's the Edmonton Oilers. And I, some people might have them higher on this list because they are, a, I mean, they are essentially sitting in a playoff spot right now, and they have two of the best centers in the NHL. Um, but my biggest concern is, you know, you 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 constantly hear about it. McDavid's given them like two or three years, and then he might get shipped off somewhere else if they don't do anything. They have no depth outside of those, you know, two guys. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, you could maybe throw his name in there too, but in terms of depth, but. Oh yeah. You know, oh yeah, definitely right. New job. But but outside of that, I mean, they have nothing on defense. They don't have anything coming up that really, you know, gets me excited about to say, okay, these guys will, you know, have some prospects that can that can fill in the spots and, you know, make them Well, they've got Philip Broberg they took last year. Yeah, maybe. Well, but we don't really know where he's going to pan out. Evan Bouchard, you know, he has potential to be a pretty decent defensive prospect, but is he going to be a top four? I'm not. I'm not really sure yet. I I'm think not Bro, sold, Broberg but. will. I think Broberg will. Be I hope a, so. Will be a good defenseman. I mean, well, yeah. Of course, you're hoping that your eighth overall pick turns out to be a good a good defenseman, right? <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, and so you know, again, I I think as long as you have McDavid and Drysital, you're always going to compete for a, a playoff spot. Sure. which is why I have them a little bit higher. And I think the window's still open because both these guys are signed for very long-term deals. But the problem is the depth around them, you know, makes it a little bit harder for them to compete. And that's why they're a little, little lower on my list. And, and then to the, the goaltending, I just, I'm not sold on, you know, Miko Koskinen. He's 31 and, and you know what you're getting at this point. I think you have to, and you know, he's, he's not going to be a, a game changer at all. He's not going to be a, a Stanley cup winning goaltender in my mind. Sure. I think they need someone else. So, yeah, and I mean they they do have some uh, 
some other guys floating around in the organization. I just I, I would say that they are they are a playoff contender because they are if you have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins, you're trying to make sure. the playoffs. <laughs> uh, they they have okay pieces, and I'm willing to say, I'm I'm just looking at the team going. Eh, well, they just got a new general manager last year, and he's gonna do what he can do. Uh, we'll see it. We'll see how much Ken Holland has changed. The good news is they're not good right now, so that means that he's not going to deal out huge contracts to guys because they have a really good first round of the playoffs or something. Right. Let's hope he doesn't give Zach Cassian an eight-year deal like he did with Abdulkader, and that God. turns into another one of those. Oh, that would be rough for them. Or let's hope that he does. That would be fun. <laughs> right, and then I can see McDavid play somewhere else. Well, he'll give him like a three three million dollars. He'll do like a helm deal, three point seven five for like seven years. Good grief! Please Gosh. no. Uh, also, Cassian is 28 years old, so that's the other, other oh, side yeah. of it. Well, um, yeah, okay. So the Oilers, I'd say that they are like the definition of a team that's just kind of trapped in the middle. And I I assume they're moving on their way up. Like they're trending up. But that could all be changed by, obviously, if Connor McDavid decides that he doesn't want to play there anymore, right. you're, in, you're in deep crap the needle but, is going quickly the other way but i mean in reality he's signed there for another seven years so there's only so much you can like yeah you can demand a trade but what are you going to sit out no he's not the guy that's going to sit out no of so, course not i i just i don't i don't see it happen. i think that holland will be able to give them a good enough team to where they can move into that stanley cup contender role you hope so because Playoffs are better with a guy like McDavid in it, right? Absolutely. You agree. have to have him. I mean, and especially since he's in a different conference than the team that I root for, I don't mind seeing <laughs> him in the playoffs every year. There you go. Um, okay, let's go. Uh, number 18. Number 18. Yeah, that's the Philadelphia Flyers for me. Um, this was a team I, I did struggle with moving them up and down a little bit because they do have that one piece that can really change things around for any franchise, and that is a uh, number one goaltender. Carter Hart is is going to be that guy for this team and he's going to be there long term because they are dum-dums if they let him or let somebody else offer sheet him in a couple of years. Um but the the biggest issue with 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 the Flyers for me is the fact that their core group of forwards outside of Travis Konechny are a little bit older, right? You've got your Kevin Hayes, Jack Voracek, Giroux, Kevin Hayes. These are all guys uh, JVR, they're you know thirty, you know, and and getting older. Oh, like Couture, Hayes, they're twenty seven. Okay, that's not too bad. But so yeah. Kevin Hayes, yeah, twenty seven. But again, these guys are getting a little bit older, and you know they they haven't shown that they're going to get any better than they had before. And so when you have a team that is consistently just a bubble team, and you know your your core group of forwards aren't going to get any right. better at this point, you know now now the one plus two is outside of the goaltending. They do have a couple nice pieces on defense. You know, Shane Gostisphere, is he going to, you know, turn it back around? But Ian Provorov is always nice. So you have you have some pieces to work with, and you have some a decent, um, you know, prospect pool as well. So Yeah, can, like, Morgan Frost turn into something? Right. Uh, I mean, the other thing is, can Nolan Patrick actually turn into something? I mean, that is, Absolutely. That is really what is just destroying you right now. It's the fact that, you know, you get to draft second overall, and that player is not. I mean, yes, he's on. He's on their lineup. I know he's hurt right now, but he's 
I mean, he's got 61 points in 145 games. It sucks when you look at like the next three, four guys after him. Yes. And the guys you could have had. Yes. You could have had Miro Heiskinen, Kale McCarr, Elias Peterson, even Cody Glass. Yeah. I would be better at this point. Absolutely. All those guys that you could have you could have had that uh, now you missed on because you went Nolan Patrick, which right. everyone was saying go Nolan Patrick, but it just... I mean, and also considering the fact that they they did have a lot of defensive prospects in that at that point they probably weren't going to go and reach for Heiskanen or Makar. But oh man, it's just too bad you didn't realize that Elias Peterson was going to be the freaking real deal. I know, yeah, because I mean at the time that's what they needed. They needed a number two center to play behind Giroux because they didn't have Couture at the time, and so yeah. I mean, how nice would that look if you had Couture, Giroux, and Pedersen all in the same lineup? Yeah. You'd have the yeah. best one, two, three punch, I think, in the NHL. Yep. yep. So uh, so I have this team as they, they are a playoff contender. Obviously, they're I think they're sitting in a playoff spot right now. Uh, they're trending towards becoming Stanley Cup contenders because I think that as they're some of these younger guys, uh, if they can, any of their forwards can come in and make a difference, it'll be big for this team. I, I do like the way that Travis Konechny is, I think, really starting to come into his own. Uh, and then the defense, all these guys are coming up at the same time. And so I'm I'm glad for them on that. And then you throw in Carter Hart into the mix. Suddenly you have to go, all right, this team could become a Stanley Cup contender. It is, it is totally viable. But I think they have a very short window when they get there. Like, let's say they become Stanley Cup contenders in the next... One to two years. Like, let's say next year we look at them and we go, wow, I think this team actually is a shot, like an outside shot at the Stanley Cup. Okay, Giroux is 33, you know, and then how many years do you have left of that? Like, when is Giroux going to dip back down? Because he's already dipped once. Does he dip back down again? You know, how many more good years of Giroux do you have? Three? And maybe your window, You've so you maybe have a one or two year window. Right. Because... In reality, their window is open. It will be open if they have Giroux. But if Giroux is gone, it's no more. Yeah, you can't rely on Couture to carry the load up front, you know, along with Jacob Borchak. That's just, it's not going to work. Yeah. And those, and honestly, though, these, these teams in this position might be the hardest to detect because, I mean, Philadelphia could go either way. They could make the playoffs and they could, they could go on a little run. Like, is it out of the realm of possibility that, the Flyers make the playoffs and they somehow sneak through and they they win a round or two and find themselves in the conference finals. That yeah, can happen. But at the same time, could they miss the playoffs this year? Falter at the end. And here we are again talking about the Philadelphia Flyers that can't just, right. just can't doesn't seem to be able to can't get, get over that hump. Yep. Can't get over the hump. Whether it's the playoffs or the first round, can't get over the hump. Uh well, I think that that's uh that's it for this show. Oh, boy. We've got Ready? more window shows coming. Uh, if you're enjoying this, let us know. You can hit us up at, at OT Hockey Talk. Uh, we will be just chugging out more. Uh, more Where's Your Team? We got window. 17 teams to go. 17 teams to go. We've already done two episodes on this, and we were intending to do one. So, uh, yeah, it's a good conversation. Let us know what you thought at OT Hockey Talk on Twitter and Instagram. Enjoy the, uh, the rest of the week. For all those parky games out there, and we'll talk to you guys.